millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. Coming to you live from the Valley here is the big match preview. Looking ahead to Saturday's game at home to Plymouth. My name is Louis Mendes and joining me here in the studios we gear up for the clash with the Pilgrims is Mr Tom Wallian. How are you doing Tom? All good, yeah, yeah. good. You got a smile on your face? Uh, not at the moment but only because I'm <laughs> concentrating on something else. Oh. I'm back. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> yeah, I'm back. Excellent. And joining the pair of us here at the Valley always with a smile on his yeah. face is uh, Nathan Muller. How are you doing Nathan? Yeah, I'm, I'm concentrating though, don't worry about oh, thank you. Living the dream least, mate. Especially after last is. night but yeah. yeah. Go on Tom, go on, get in there. Excellent. Right, on tonight's show, uh, we will be uh, looking ahead to the Plymouth game at the end of it, but we've plenty to talk about. In the meantime, we're going to hear from Charlton boss Lee Bowyer. He's going to update us on the uh, Patrick Bauer injury situation. Uh, looks like he's going to be out for a little while, unfortunately. Uh, we're also going to hear the boss talking about his uh, strike partnership of Lyle Taylor and Carlin Grant. We're going to hear from Josh Cullen, the West Ham United loney, who uh, has uh, played twice, won twice, and provided two assists so far for the Alex. We're going to hear what he thinks. Uh, the club can achieve this season. Then we're going to look back at last night's Charlton Athletic Women Team uh, game. Uh, Charlton Live was the proud sponsors of the women's team game against Aston Villa. Uh, we went down to the Oakwood to watch them play and we've uh, recorded a, a match diary and we're also here uh, from Gemma Bryan, the striker, and from Ratish Misra, the uh, the manager as well. Uh, then we will start looking ahead to Saturday's game. We're going to uh, speak to Chris Errington from the Plymouth Herald. Uh, he's let us know uh, how uh, how the season's gone so far for the Pilgrims. It's been a difficult start for them. And of course, uh, we'll hear from Lee Boyer uh, himself looking ahead to the game uh, for, from a charm point of view. But first things first, uh, Patrick Bauer tweeted uh, during the week, uh, that unfortunately has uh, succumbed to an injury and that he, may, he's, he said himself he's going to be out for a couple of months. Now, Lee Bayer uh, was asked about that situation during press day today and this is what he had to say. Yeah, so we had a, a good report. Um, Ali came back to us, was it Tuesday or Wednesday? I don't even know what date is today. <laughs> um, Tuesday or Wednesday, he came back and said that we're hoping more 10 weeks Okay, it's not a big cut off the off the block, but two weeks is better than none. So uh, it's a positive feedback for Pat um, because it, it's an injury that we can't prevent, you know. And we keep we've had a lot of them this season. Um, same as Pierce, like there's a lot of times that our players are not really getting protected, you know, in my eyes, and. Hopefully, the sooner that happens, the better, because I'm losing players from from some bad challenges, and um, and my lads are just being honest, clearing clearing balls away, and and some bad tackles are going in. So, hopefully, that stops soon, because we can't keep just picking up these injuries through through nothing that we're doing wrong. And Christian Bailey, Christian, we was hoping to get him back for this weekend, maybe be on the bench. But that's trying to rush things and push things through. But um, it's going to be too soon for him. So uh, we look to get him back in training with us at some stage next week and hopefully play a part and against Luton. But um, for this weekend, this is not going to happen. There's Lee Bay giving us the update. Um, Patrick Bauer looks like he's going to be out for 10 weeks. It sounds like it's possibly two weeks shorter than it was possible you know 12 weeks was possible and it's only going to be 10 weeks but it's still a long old time and you know he's a uh, part of a, a defence him and him and Piercy in particular when the, or, or him Piercy and Saar when we played through at the back who've, who've looked alright so far I mean starting to starting to gel again kept a clean sheet of Bradford and it's just sort of come out of nowhere really this injury and it's just an, another one in the myriad of injuries that we seem to have yeah when everything seemed to be looking up didn't it at the weekend um I think it's obviously a big loss. Uh, we haven't kept a huge amount of clean sheets this season, but Pierce and Bauer, when they play together, I would say on the whole, play well. 
Um, and the other thing, as you just said there, we'll lose is the fact that if we want to change it to three at the back until Bielik comes back, we haven't really got anyone necessarily that can fill in and do that, certainly not as their uh, primary position. So, yeah, it's a big loss. It's frustrating. It's one of those few areas now, really, where we haven't got absolute quality that can come in and replace. You would expect it will be Naby and Jason at the weekend and it will have to be a two, meaning we'll play the the four four two diamond, I would think. Um, and like I say, it's just going to be now a question of getting him and Billick uh, up to speed as soon as we can. Um, maybe someone else having to fill in perhaps if, if needed, if we need to play three at the back. But that's the most likely scenario I'd suggest unless you, you risk a Cummins or a Maskell or even move Solly in or something like that. But I can't see that happening myself. I don't know if Chick still could play there maybe. I know he's more of a right-sided player. So it's not like we've got no options, but nobody where that's there their main role so yeah it's a big loss mm, I mean Patrick Bauer over the last couple of years in particular I felt it really started to grow into a very competent defender I felt a couple of years ago I felt he was a little bit error prone but I think he seemed to on the whole cut that out of his game recently yeah I think he has I think he's been solid especially when um, obviously Pierce was missing um, he stepped up to the plate and has been you know, arguably our most consistent centre back when Pearson hasn't been there. But I think the problem I think we might find is the balance of the team is going to be shifted slightly because you're going to have two left-footed centre halves. But um, I mean, I feel a bit nervous when Naby uses his left foot, so let alone his right foot. <laughs> um, but you know, this is a time for Naby, and you know he's been a bit part player, but he's played well. I mean, when I've seen him, like Atkinson, and he's had a couple of other good games. So it's his time now. He can't ever sit there and grumble and say that he's not got a. He's not been given a chance, um, and it's up to him now to take it. But yeah, it's going to be a big, big miss um, having Paddy out because, like you say, I think he's been, I think he's been up there, and he's been always, you know, good at um, set pieces, attacking wise as well. Um, probably a lot better than Piercy. Do we, do we think Naby's got it in him to, to fill the void? Because I guess I'm trying to. Think, I don't think too often we've actually seen him have a run of games of more than a couple of games while he's filling in for an injury. So this is probably going to be the first chance he's going to get to get four, five, six games. Yeah, under his belt in a row possibly yeah that's the biggest question for me it's consistency because I think when he has come in particularly this season he's looked he's looked good um, he does still make me nervous as well occasionally likes uh, to be very casual on the ball um, but he's a he's a competent defender he's really matured and improved over the last season or so um, so he deserves his chance I would be much more comfortable with Paddy in there but uh, like I say I think Naby deserves his chance absolutely and it's just a question of whether he can maintain those performances week in week out because you take like Bradford last year he come in and played left back for a game did really well he come in last week and or whenever it was a couple of weeks ago scores a goal he's got that in him um, it's just whether he can do it week in week out playing every week and that's as you've both just said there not something he's been used to doing so yeah, it's a step up, but it's one that I think he's capable of. Yeah, and Bowie did sort of add there the, the, the situation with Christian Bielik, the Arsenal loaning now. It sounds like uh, Saturday at home to Plymouth is going to be too soon to him. Probably going to start training next week with a possibility that he may be involved probably from the bench, I imagine, up at Luton. So when he comes back as well, of course, we know he can play uh, in the defensive uh, midfield or in central defence. So he'll be one to fill in as well. Now, someone else who we haven't mentioned there, but who um, was involved in, uh, did have his operation this week, Jake Forster-Cask. Of course, we knew he'd done his ACL quite nasty uh, before the start of the season due to be out for the entirety of the season. Um, just, I mean, he, he, he gave a message to fans, thanking them for their support and for their best wishes. It was just interesting, a little interesting point that he put in there that his contract situation is up at the end of the year. So... I mean, that's a really interesting one to see how that's going to play out because now, once he's been out for a year, I mean, when he when he was playing, he was he was one of our best players. So do we go ahead and offer him a contract or do do they worry that his injury might not heal or he might not be the same player after it comes back? I mean, he's really been left in limbo there, hasn't he? Yeah, it's, it'll be a difficult one, but I think, I think we should still give him a deal because I think he's done enough to show when he's fit. Um, because he, you know, he came to he come to us not playing a lot of games. Um, he was always hyped, and it never really, never really worked out for him at other places. Um, I think he's been a good player for us. It might take him a good six months, but that maybe that's where you say to him, "Well, you know, we've given, we're going to help you recover. We'll give you another year, um, and then you see how it is." Then I don't think we'd offer him a three, you know, a three or four year contract, obviously. But I think he's definitely deserved of one. For me, anyway, I think I think it'd be very harsh uh, for us to just turn around to him and go, "Well, 
oh, you've been injured the last year, you don't deserve a contract because I think he was one of our better players, players last year. Yeah, right. Um, uh, free word review time, getting nice and early this week. I asked for your reaction. Uh, when you heard about Patrick Bauer's injury, Cap Varma said, we are cursed. Uh, Lewis Cat said, big crippled German. Uh, there's uh, Richard Burton says Vedanche is Nokmal, which uh, I translated and it means uh, it means bloody hell again. Um, uh, a couple more that came in as well. Um, uh, Mark Griffiths says blame Charlton live. Brackets after saying how things were looking up last week. I mean, I did say on Sunday that something's bound to happen, but I did predict a gas leak, and that hasn't happened yet. So I mean, that we're it, aware of. Yeah, if it does happen now, it would, it would, it would look awful, wouldn't it? It almost looked like I was implicated in it. But um, uh, Chrissy T says, "Cos bloody Mick." Uh, Will Bolland says, "God damn it, just our luck," and that's bloody typical. Right, let's so have a quick break here on Charlton Live. Still got plenty of stuff to talk about when we come back in a few seconds' time. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Occupying that left-hand side at the moment. Little step over onto his left foot. Marshall, ball in the box is good. And Rebo, first time. Oh, shot. what a goal. Lovely finish. Oh, what a goal. Joe Rebo gives Charlton the lead. Great ball in from Mark Marshall on the left-hand side. Chips it in. And Rebo with a calm left-footed volley. And found the bottom right corner and Charlton have the lead. It's a stiff one all. Welcome back to Charlton Life here on uh, Maritime Radio. Still to come on tonight's big match preview. Uh, we're going to look back at uh, Wednesday evening's Charlton Athletic women's team game against Aston Villa. Uh, we're going to hear from Josh Cullen as well, West Ham United Loney. Of course, we're going to look ahead to the uh, the game with Plymouth. Um, just before we, we go on to hear what Lee Bayer had to say about his, uh, his goal-scoring duo or on hot form at the moment, just a, a little bit of admin uh, during the week... Uh, Announced that Roland Duchatelet will will go and meet the EFL because um, a lot of Charlton fans were uh, were unsure when when the EFL said they were going to try and seek a meeting with him. They they were thought he wasn't going to go, so uh, he has said he he's going to go uh, along with Livin de Turk, his his, uh, his his mate over over here in the country. So that'll be an interesting little chat, won't it? See if they get everything ironed out. Hopefully, yeah. I imagine we'll be sold a couple of days later, won't we? It'll all go. <laughs> it'll go fine. It'll be. Uh, yeah, I don't know how much we'll get to hear from it as a result, but. Um it's good that it's happened because it, we wanted to force it through. Then that that statement came out, but I think it's uh, it looks like it's all come together, and it's the right thing for for the EFL to be doing. As we've said plenty of times, there's not really a huge amount in terms of jurisdiction. Is that the right word in terms of what they can do um, uh, to to kind of criticise how he's running the club? But they just want to understand it a little bit more. We want them to understand it a little bit more. It's uh, some open dialogue, which is a start. Uh, you know, uh, joking aside, I'm not expecting things to then just change overnight. But at least then, the AFL have shown that they've done something, and and if we can get some sort of comment from them about how the progress has gone, then at least that shows that they are engaging and and they're taking this seriously. Right. So, I mean, realistically, it doesn't seem like there's anything they can do or say. I mean, they 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 can. Uh, they they both parties have made it clear that. It's currently there's no current there's no current paperwork at with the EFL, which is what um, the club had sort of not they hadn't said that they they said that uh, they were waiting for the Australians to input some paper, but they're still they're still claiming that the price is agreed as well. Whereas uh, it's now you know sources telling 
sending people to the price isn't agreed and we're, we're miles off on the price so there's still some very unclear communication coming around from various different locations so is that one thing that hopefully the EFL can try and get get yeah. sorted out ironed out hopefully just to give some some clarity because I mean for a while now I've not really been taking too much of an interest yeah of course I want it to happen but I've not really been following it um, as a lot of people have and I mean, I've checked out the Channel Life Forum now and again, and it's like there's so many, like you say, there's so many conflicting stories. I just I can't keep up with it. To be fair, like you say, there's prices agreed, but they're not. There's paperwork missing, or I don't know, postman Pat ain't done his job or whatever. But I, yeah, I mean, if the EFL can provide any clarity, it would it would be a start for one. Um, but it's if they're saying it's not them and Charlton are saying it's not them, I don't, you know, who do you trust? Which I know, uh, I feel like I, my money would be on, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's just it's just getting boring. If I'm honest, it's <laughs> <laughs> getting so boring. Yeah, we're well, still dragging on. Right, um, Lee Bowyer was asked today uh, about his goal scoring duo, uh, Lyle Taylor and Carlin Grant. Obviously, between them, they've got eight goals so far this season. And uh, Bowyer was asked uh, what it was that made them tick. It's been said in football that the best strikers hunt in pairs. A Lyle Taylor and Carlin Grant in the process of proving the point with their goal-scoring exploits for Charlton. Yeah, um, they're both doing well. Um, I think Lyle's got five now, and Zine Carlin's got three, so this, the, the, the good thing for me is that they've learned since the Akron game that they're looking for each other and and they're working more of a, as a partnership, you know, so... Um, and we've got, we've got Igor on the bench as well now, so um, he got another valuable minutes the other night um, for the 23s so there's competition and when there's competition everybody produces and, and, and does better because they have to to stay on the side and, and they both realise that but um, they're doing well and I'm, I'm happy with the way things are going with a pair of them at the moment Does it take a lot of work on the training ground for two strikers to strike up such a rapport? No, all you can do is is try and get them to realise what each other's strengths are and so the only way you can do that is keep putting them in the same teams you know like in small sided games and things like that so uh, like when they're finishing you, if, if you're playing in, in, in games and then you, you, Carlin's shooting you, you know as the other striker he's going to shoot across the goal small little details but then you know you might have a chance of a tapping or from the, from the keeper's rebound, so it's small little things, but they, they make big differences. So, like I said, Carlin there, uh, more so Carlin, he's he's realising and he's learning because he's only a young lad that to make the right decisions in in and around that final third, and and like you've seen, uh, uh, he set up um, low a couple of times, and and Lowe's got goals, and and he gets rewarded from that for himself with with a, a good goal on Bradford. Uh, at Bradford the pair of them Last season I believe you helped Carlin by staying in touch encouraging him when he went to Crawley Yeah I think it was good for him to go to Crawley you know um, like my friend there Harry Q I knew that he would make a positive impact on him um, so that was a big part why he went there and to go down grow confidence and build his confidence back up because obviously he was here he wasn't really featuring he scored a few goals, but then he wasn't really in the frame. So, um, but now it's, it's all changed. He, he's come back pre-season looking good, and and he deserves to be playing. And um, like I said, the most important thing for Carlin is to, is to keep learning because he's not really played up top for a long time. Obviously, kids' football is completely different, and, and to to be playing up there week in week out is is demanding. Because they have to work hard out of possession as well, and um, but no, he, he keep improving, and 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 then he'll keep scoring goals. I've no doubt. Are you seeing a different Carlin Grant now? Yeah, because he's learning. So now he's he's making the right runs, he's making the right decisions, and so he's improving. And it could because he's improving, then we're improving. It's not just him; it's the whole team. That's from back to front. Um, that they're all learning got quite a young side I think um, so yeah it, it's good we're, we're in a good place at the moment and um, 
his movement up top along alongside Lowell is is an important factor for us. As Lee Bayer uh, purring about these uh, his strike uh, strike partnership he's got at the top at the moment. Uh, Lyle Taylor and Carlin Grant, and we were talking about them on, on Sunday because obviously between the two of them, that uh, they scored the two goals up at Valley Parade and uh, working together. I think Carlin's been involved in four out of five of Lyle's goals now, which is an incredible return, really. Uh, we saw it last night with the women's team as well, actually, how dangerous a team could be when the two strikers are in unison. And that's, and that's what they've been like so far this year. Yeah, I think they deserve a huge amount of credit, and it's not a surprise he's enjoying watching them so much because. You've seen them grow even just after the seven or eight games we've played because even at Sunderland there was obviously the penalty came very early on in that game and that came from hard work from Carlin winning the penalty, Taylor sticking it away and they looked dangerous all through that game Um, and they've just gone from strength to strength. Obviously a week later Carlin gets himself on the score sheet with that late winner against Shrewsbury and then there were a couple of games where Bowyer wasn't quite so happy with them and how they were linking up as a pair. Um, and they seem to have sorted that out now as well. And, and you look at the goals that we've scored against Wickham and at Southend and then at Bradford, they've all both been involved in, in probably pretty much all of them. You'd think the Billet goal away was probably the only one that one of them hasn't been involved in. So, yeah, it's it's so good. And we we obviously talked about it on Sunday in terms of great strike partnerships that we've had here. And it's very, very early days. But the way they understand each other and move off each other, they just really complement each other as players. And just got to hope that those two those two stay fit and continue to do that but as Boya said today if something does happen then we've got Eagle waiting as well so it's good it's yeah. healthy competition that's exactly what I was about to say to Nath, really you know now we put the kiss of, of death on them by talking about them if, if inevitably one of them gets injured I mean do you think Igor can step up and fill that that that's that space if one of them has to go out yeah I mean I mean if you if you think back to when Igor first come it was a long time ago um, a lot of games ago you know he was he was in my opinion I thought he was great He's a, a lot, a long way off of where he was, um, but you know, given time, if, if he gets games um, and gets fitter, um, he's going to push them, and he's going to push. And, and Taylor and Carlin will know if they don't play well, no matter what they've done already in the past. He's done the, he said the same to Fosu, you know, last year. Don't care what you've done before, if you're not performing, you won't play, and it's it'll be an incentive for the you know Carlin and Taylor to um, do well. But I think he's more than capable of pushing them for sure. Um, but he's only gonna he's only gonna if he gets the chance he's gonna be able to prove himself. But I think in this league a fully fit, you know you know up to scratch Igor is certainly capable to score goals in this league. Mm, talking to people filling in uh, for injuries, Freddie Wells has got a late entry for the free word review about Patrick Bauer's injury. Uh, Freddie says absolutely no problem. I mean, he's invented his own <laughs> word there, but I like it. Uh, right um, after the game up at Bradford on Saturday. Um, <laughs> Rangers uh, conceded because Rangers just equalised and conceded almost straight away it's quite funny uh, right after after the game up at Bradford on Saturday we spoke to Josh Cullen of course he was uh, returning to the team uh, that he reached the League One playoff final with two years ago uh, and also of course he, he, he provided the superb assist for the uh, the opening goal up at Bradford for Cullen Grant now so we asked him uh, after after the game you know how we how we thought Charlton could, can get on this season what does he make of the Addicts chances uh, this season I've only trained four days since I've been here and um, played two games, but from what I've seen, um, the standard is really high, the quality is good. Um, I mean, I definitely think it's, it's a team that can be ambitious this season and to come to places, obviously here today, Southend before that, to get wins there, it's not easy, not many teams will do that, so um, yes, it's a very, very good group um, in terms of quality and like I said, the togetherness and the, and the changing room. Um, our sort of how tight it is, is is very good news for the fans I think so um, oh yeah, we'll take it game by game um, but there's no reason why we can't be ambitious this season and, and, and try and get Cholton the football club back to, to where it belongs which is that he's definitely higher than League One Congratulations Thank you very much Cheers Talked about the, getting to the playoff final with Bradford so you know what sort of level you need to be at as a side in this division do you think Charlton, this Cholton team compares to that Bradford team for a couple of years ago? Yeah, I mean, like I said, to come to places like Bradford and Southend and you saw both sides of us today. First half, we, we probably were disappointed we didn't go in more than 1-0 up. And then second half, they come out and put it on us. But there's going to be plenty of times in the season, like it was with Bradford, where we had to dig in and stick together and, and grind the result out. And then obviously Lyle scores a great goal and makes it a bit more comfortable for the last, the last 10, 15 minutes. But... Um, no, I think that the quality within the change room can definitely look to 
to push on and be ambitious and, and play off to automatic promotion this season. Obviously Lee Bayer at one point was one of the best midfielders in Europe, so was him being here at Charlton one of the things that made you want to come and learn from him? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that was one of the, the key factors, really, why why I came here, um, to learn off a, a, a manager like that, um, who's had so much experience in the game and, and played at such a high level, and, and some of his traits that I see myself, that's the type of midfielder I want to be. So to come and learn off someone that has that experience was, was a really major factor why I chose to come to Charlton. When you was with Bradford, you made 40 appearances, I think, in that season. It's quite unusual for someone who was what, only 18 at the time, I think. Yeah, so, 19, 19. Yeah, so you, yeah, it's so. good that you've got that experience of playing a lot of games over a course of a season already. Yeah, I think that's that's key for any young player. I think it's easy now for players to maybe think oh, I'm in and around the first team at a Premier League club and I'll stay there. And but then you come out and it it opens your eyes that football's a lot different than just what's going on in the Premier League. Um, so to come out and get that experience at Bradford. Um, like you said, 40 odd games or whatever it was. Um, it's invaluable, really, for a young player, and you, and you find yourself growing up quickly. And hopefully, I can show that experience and, and keep developing and keep improving for Charlton because I'm, I'm still only young. Josh Cullen there, uh, the West Ham United loaning. I mean, uh, we've only seen him twice, but he's, he's impressed in both games so far, isn't he? Yeah, I think <clears throat> I think it was something that we was always uh, looking for, especially with Jake being out. Um, it's obviously not a disservice to. Obviously, Prattley or Lapsley or Rebo. Um, I think he just gives us that little bit of that little bit of swagger, that little bit of class, and that that vision in the middle. I mean, obviously, looking the look at the goal we give to Carlin is sort of eye through a needle sort of thing. So it's something that we've, um, you know, we could. I think we're gonna. He's gonna be a good player for us and learn from Bose, like you just said. But I think he gives us something a little bit extra than we already had because um, we we didn't have. We had Jake last year, but. I think sometimes he he does sit quite deep, whereas Cullen's obviously quite box to box, and obviously Prattley's come in to be that sort of man of steel in the middle. So I think we've got a nice little balance in that middle now. So hopefully, fingers crossed, he carries on, carries it on. He had that experience again to the League One playoff final with uh, Bradford a couple of years ago before they went on to lose to Millwall. And as I mentioned in the interview, they played forty games in that season. So you know he, know, he knows about this division, and I think he you know we we asked him whether he can see similarities between the, the Charlton squad of this season and that Bradford squad from a couple of years ago. And, you know, he seemed pretty positive about it. Yeah, and uh, he's obviously going to know because he's been there and, and he's played at that level and got to that part, uh, that area of the table before. And we have to remember that, that we got there last year and, OK, it was a bit lucky towards the end, but we still did it. And I would argue that in terms of the quality of some of the players we've got, I think it's better this year. So there's no reason we can't. Uh, obviously, the league is different as well, but we went through some of the teams last week, and apart from three or four that we think are going to be up there, there isn't really a huge amount of quality in the league as well. We've just got to focus on ourselves, make sure we win the games that we're expected to win, like the games against Bradford or Plymouth this weekend, the teams that are down there. And if we can do that, there's no reason we won't be up there. If we have a little dip in form, it's about how we bounce back, but... I agree with with what Nave said. Cullen just adds something different in in the middle there. That that pass just one example that just shows he's he's come from a level above, and I think we're lucky to have him. Twenty two years old. I mean, he's made a handful of appearances for the West Ham first team. I mean, do you think there's any way when we get to the end of this season we might make a cheeky? Well, if, obviously if Roland's not here, we might make a cheeky inquiry as to whether he'd be available. Or do you think? Do you think he's definitely seen? I think he seems to be seen as one for the future for West Ham, but. Mm. I mean, yeah. I think if we if be if we got promoted, you know, who knows? And um, it could be a viable option. <clears throat> I can't see Josh wanting to. You know, I don't. No disrespect, but I don't think he'll want to play at a League One level as a, on a permanent because he is, like you say, he's a better player than that. He he could be seen as the next Mark Noble. Um, but in the meantime, he's doing well here, and obviously we want to keep him as long as possible. But he, I think he's definitely got a, a future. Um, uh, leagues above this one anyway whether mm. that's championship or premiership alright Rangers level again so that's what's going on <laughs> in the Europa League well let's have a very quick break here uh, and then we'll come back and we'll look at uh, last night's women's team game how's it going again he's got Grant inside of him uses him as a decoy takes a shot oh what a goal come on oh, come on oh, what a finish come on Lyle Taylor used Grant as a decoy and a right foot shot from the right hand, well, the left hand edge just shot an attack of the penalty area. Absolutely arrowed into the top corner. O'Donnell had no chance at all and Charlton are 2 0 up. How's it going again? 
Welcome back, it's John Live, the big match preview coming to you live from the Valley. Uh, Louis Mendes, Tom Wallin and Nathan Muller in the building. Uh, we're going to be looking ahead to Saturday's game with Plymouth Argyle shortly. But last night, uh, Wednesday evening, uh, we went down to the Oakwood. Uh, Charlton Athletic women uh, were playing their first league game of the season uh, at home to Aston Villa. Their first game since promotion uh, to the Championship as well. This is how it went down. Uh, this is our audio diary of our trip to watch Charlton women play. First game in the championship for Charlton Athletic Women this evening, taking on Aston Villa. Nathan, uh, it's going to be a whole new test for the ladies. Yeah, we're going to win comfortably. Yeah. I think, yeah, Charlotte Gurr, first goal score, 3-1. Feeling good about that, then? Yeah, I'm confident. I'm confident. Yeah. They, you know, they had a heavy defeat on the weekend. I think um, I think the girls are going to turn up. Tom, obviously we saw the women playing last season. This is a step up for them. I mean, how, how difficult do you think it might be to try and adjust to the new division? That's the thing. It's going to be an adjustment, in it, and get used to this new level. Um, as Nath says, obviously Villa got pumped the other day. So, yeah, it's going to be a test for them. But And I've obviously got a few new players in as well, so they need time to gel because we've only had a couple of games pre-season. But like Nath, I'm fairly confident. We've seen a lot of the players could do it at the level below. They've walked that lead. They deserve to be up here. So I think they'll give it a good go. Lewis, 11 minutes in, Charlton go 1-0 up, superb work uh, getting towards the byline by Kit Graham, squares it for Gemma Bryan, there's no way she's going to miss that. Exactly, it was a fantastic assist by Kit, great work on the right hand side to take on a defender and square it for Gemma Bryan. Um, the Alex looked quite comfortable to be fair so far, so um, let's hope they keep it up and uh, build on the lead that they've already got. Oh, big chance there, nearly 2-0, uh, Gemma Bryan at the far post, but perhaps you were just talking about the, the assist as well from Kit Graham there, she had to do so well to get beyond her, her marker. Oh yeah, I mean number six has got a lot of strength and I was really surprised how well she got round, round the back there and, and made the pass. I thought it was absolutely great work from her. Um, and as Lewis just said, we've looked the better team so far and I've been really impressed with the team performance um, that we've seen tonight. Stubbers 2-0, just before half time, such unselfish work there from Kit Graham. Oh, it's unbelievable. It's probably one of the best assists. Like I said that on Saturday with Josh Fallon, <laughs> yeah. but I think this one was better. The composure to not only take it around a goalkeeper, but to continue to sell a dummy, thinking you're going to shoot, shoot, and then lay off your teammate. It's the perfect strike play. It's, uh, it's the first time I've seen Kit in action. I tell you what, she's unbelievable. Really unbelievable. Made the two goals. Um, Brian, fair play to her. She's getting in the right positions to finish. But the goals have all been down to Graham so far. So 2-0, Charlton at half-time, Terry. Impressive first half. Yeah, well worth the, well worth the scoreline at the minute. They've been they've been a better side, comfortably. Uh, Aston Villa can't cope with uh, the two two Charlton players up front. And uh, and two lovely goals, two superb goals, team goals. And uh, um, showing unselfish play. Uh, there were good moves. You thought, oh, the, the, you know, the striker's going to pull a trigger herself, but uh, laid it off to a partner, and uh, otherwise the, the chance might have gone. So... Could have been more, probably could have had three or four, but uh, I think they'll be happy with 2-0 and uh, I think Villa may be still in a bit of shell shock from the Man United game. Yeah, I mean, you can see Villa perhaps just about someone's come out towards the end of the half, but on the whole chunk pretty much dealt with it defensively. Yeah, I think so. I think you, you, you can't play in this uh, in this you know, higher higher um, league and uh, higher quality without expecting the opposition to have uh, to have some chances and, and some decent proportion of, the, of play, so uh, you've got to expect it, you've just got to deal with it and I think Charlton have done admirably. Final score, Charlton 2, Aston Villa 0. Um, not as much action in the second half, though Charlton did have a couple of chances, Kit Graham hit the bar, but overall that's a deserved victory for the, for the ladies on their return, or on their first game even in the, uh, in the championship. Yeah, surprisingly comfortable. Um, did all the hard work in the first half, got ourselves 2-0 up, Kit, class above again, even with the step up. Um, obviously Gemma, the new signing with the two goals. And like you say, I think we could have had more in the second half, I don't think Villa offered too much going forward really, we looked strong at the back. Um, yeah, it's obviously a really good start and a, a good platform to build on now. Obviously everyone's talking about the, the, the goals scorers and goal creators, but a clean sheet as well is going to be uh, big for the, for the girls on their first game. Yeah, I don't think they look really that testing much really. I think there was obviously Villa were going to push players on second half, but really I thought Charles' defence looked quite comfortable at times and totally agree with what Tom said. I think if there was one team that was going to score, it was going to be Charlton hit the bar. Um, second half, but I was really impressed with the standard of the football. I thought the, the quality of passing, the little one twos, um, and, and Charlton really deserved the win. Love up your first time watching the Charlton women play. What did you make of the experience? Uh, a great experience overall, Louis. A really good game. I thought the girls did the, get the club really proud today, and you know, considering they were in the uh, league below, didn't really know what they were going to come up against. But Aston Villa lost their first game 12 0 against Manchester United, so. 
Um, new opposition for them. I thought they were brilliant. Um, Kit Graham, an absolutely outstanding young lady. Um, and I thought that number 27, forget her name, I thought she had a good, a good game tonight as well. Yeah, absolutely fantastic experience. Lewis, would you come again? Absolutely. I think uh, the girls were fantastic tonight. Um, really adapted to the level of the championship uh, extremely well. Um, looked comfortable for big spells of the game. So I think, yeah, I'd definitely come again. I thought they were fantastic today. And uh, it's a credit to Ritesh and all the girls for the preparation they put into the game today. And hopefully they can uh, kick on and have a really successful season. Gemma, congratulations. 2-0 win. First uh, league game of the season. Must be pleased with how that's gone this evening. Yeah, really pleased. Um, obviously, clean sheet and two goals. So, um, nice to get the win here in front of our fans. Obviously, from a personal point of view, you got you got two goals, but I guess a lot of the thanks will go to Kit Graham for all the hard work with the assist this evening. Absolutely. I mean, it was yeah, it's pretty much the same the other the other game we played. Um, so, it's, as long as you know we're getting the goals and the balls going in the back of the net, then you know we will create more chances. The most important things are three points. Um, but yeah, Kit very unselfish today, um, squaring the ball, which you could have probably put in herself. So yeah. See everyone, every team wants to have a front two that's working so well together. So to have that sort of chemistry so early on in the season as well must be pleasing. Yeah, I mean, um, as I said, again, we've got plenty of players, a lot of strength and depth um, attacking wise and going forward. So I think there's, you'll see, um, not just from myself and Kit, but from the other girls as well, um, what we've got going forward. And uh, I guess as a, as a team, Charlton's first game in the Championship, um, it's, it's always, I guess, going to be you're going to learn a little bit about yourself for the first game of the season to come out to come through with the victory. Is it is good? Yeah, it's difficult, obviously, to gauge sort of where we where we're at as well. So we played two games and then had sort of three weeks off. Um, so you think if we drop fitness, is it good that we've had um, a little bit of a breather? Uh, Villa have obviously played a couple of games as well um, in recent weeks, so that, that might have been might hinder them a little bit today, but. Um, I said we looked fit out there, we looked strong, so yeah, we did well. Teach, congratulations, first league game of the season, 2-0 victory, must be pleased with that overall. We are, to be to be honest, we didn't really know what to expect coming into the game, we saw a bit of footage of Aston Villa, they're a club that have been in this tier for quite a while, um, they're an established club, coming on the back of a, a good result against Leicester City, so for us we've had a long time to prepare, been frustrating the last few weeks. And because we've not had a game in the league, we've not really known actually where we're faring at the moment. So I think for us, we performed well at times. It's good to get a result. I think it gives us a bit of a benchmark now. And we know we can we've got threats going forward. We've got lots of goals in the team. And I mean, yes, Gemma got the goal, but credit has to go to the other players, you know, to setting her up. And for me, that's more pleasing. You've got a player like Kit Graham, who's our top goal scorer, um, is just setting Gemma off outside six yard box to go and, go and score so we mentioned that at half time it's unselfish play we've got loads of players who can score goals but I think today um, we could have scored more than two like we could have gone into half time with the game dead so yeah we've got those guys on the score sheet but we should really have the game dead at half time and I think we've got to learn to do yeah, it gives us a benchmark to build on um, but it does prove though that I don't think any game this season is going to be easy at all I think last year you probably had a split league where you've got four or five teams who are going to compete four or five who you know I think the players and the people at the club would know they would, would expect it to win games I don't think we're expected to go into any game and just win a game of football they prove that today so it's a good benchmark we've got a, a tough away trip on Sunday now um, to Durham I think that's going to be an even bigger test away at Durham so the good thing is we're getting tested at a high level really good challenge for me personally our staff and the club but it's a bigger pitch um, it's much more open surroundings than it was at Thamesmead where we've been before at Thamesmead it, it felt quite enclosed and we could create a bit of atmosphere even with not too many people so I think the more fans we can get the more of an atmosphere we can build. Uh, today really pleased with uh, the amount of people that came to support the club and I think there are people here from the wider Charlton family as well and so we're proud to represent them. We'd love to get more people just to you know help us on our journey. victory for Charlton Athletic Women over Aston Villa uh, last night. Good to hear from the goal scorer Gemma Bryan there right at the end uh, and uh, Ritesh Mishra, the, uh, the the manager. Um, really enjoyable evening. We were the sponsors, Charlton Live. We sponsored it, so we had our name, we had our, our logo in the programme and whatnot, and our name and, and next to Ritesh's picture and, and all that. And we got to go in the box. Uh, they look after you well, actually. So if anyone's thinking uh, that they'd like an afternoon out, uh, they often play on Sunday evenings down at the or Sunday afternoons even down at the Oakwood. 
uh, in Crayford, home of VCD. Um, yeah, it's worth, it's worth it if you if you've got a few of you to get together, sponsor it. Um, get, got beer and stuff. Yeah, it keeps me happy. And uh, it was actually a really enjoyable game. Yeah, I thought it was really good. And, and credit to Steve and, and the whole team for putting the whole thing, obviously putting the whole thing on. Uh, and credit to the team because they were brilliant. And we said in the sort of audio diary there that we weren't really sure what to expect going into the game because it is a step up. They've they've signed a lot of players who, yes, are good quality and proven, but they, had they gelled, we weren't really sure because they hadn't played a huge amount of fixtures and hadn't played for a little while. And then the game kicked off and it was business as usual and they passed the ball around really nicely. They played some lovely football. Uh, again, as I said in, in the audio, that kit was just unbelievable, like just a level above yet again. Um, and they fully deserved to win and could have won by a lot more as well. Um, so, yeah, it was just a really, really good night. Yeah, I mean, uh, I know some people often are a bit standoffish about women's football. They don't know what to expect. But we've been down to quite a few now. There's a, a couple of the guys who came with us. It was their first game. And every single one of us who went enjoyed the game. It's a game of football. And, you know, it's, it's a Charlton team, part of the Charlton family. You can get behind and cheer them on. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, it was always going to be... I mean, difficult stepping up, but like Tom said, they play well, and it's a good. It's quite local to. I mean, it's in the heart of an area, you know, Crayford, Dartford, where a lot of fans are. Um, it'll only be down the road from. It's not expensive to get in, and it's yeah, it's a good little. Even if it's like you say on a Sunday afternoon, it's good to go down there and cheer the girls on because you've got some good players in there. Mm, excellent. Right, time to start looking ahead to Saturday's uh, home game. Derek Adams, Plymouth side, are coming down to the Valley now. On uh, during the week, I spoke to Chris Errington. Uh, he's from the Plymouth Herald. He joined me on the phone to tell us uh, where it's gone wrong so far for the Pilgrims. Well, it's, it's remarkably uh, similar to the start of last season, Louis. Um, they, they, they made a very poor start last year. Um, they just had one win. It, ironically, it was against Charlton at home park earlier at the start of last season. Uh, and then they went on a really bad run of form. And, um, and this season, they, they haven't even got the one win. They've got three points and four goals from the first eight games. And so... Um, it feels um, very reminiscent to the start of last season. Now, Argyle did end up turning it around uh, November, December time, and they, they obviously weren't too far away from from getting in the playoffs last season. But um, you know, I, I can't see lightning striking twice in terms of Argyle getting that high up the table. It was an incredible run that they went on, so um, they're in a, a, a difficult position at the moment. Uh, they made uh, a number of signings in the summer, eleven of them in total. Um, some because a couple of key players left, um, a couple of lone players left, and the manager chose to uh, release a few players as well. Uh, the new signings haven't gelled in, as I'm sure the manager would have liked. Um, defensively, they've been conceding some very poor goals, conceding the ball in their own half and, and being broke on quite easily. And, and goal scoring has been an issue for them as well, just the four goals and one of those was a penalty. So... Um, you know, when you get to this stage of the season and you, you've had such a bad run of form, I think it's always going to be a combination of factors, and that's definitely been the case with Argyle this season. Yeah, because I guess other than the, the last couple of games that they ended last season so strongly, um, do you think yeah. it is the fact that they had uh, such a turnover of players is the reason why it hasn't been able to continue this year? Yeah, I, I think you've got to put it down to some of that. Um, they lost their Sonny Bradley, a centre back who who went to Luton. Um, Oscar Threll held a right back who, who went to a, a team in the Belgium top division. Uh, they had a, a goalkeeper and a defender on loan from Norwich in Bristol City. And they were all playing fairly regularly at the back end of last season. So I suppose you take those four players out. Um, they've, um, they've missed them, I think it's fair to say. And I think also as well, you know, that they had some, mm-hmm. some attacking players last season. Graham Carey, Ruben Lemires and Ryan Taylor, who linked up very well as a three up front in a 4-3-3 and none of those players have been um, at the same level of form this season or, or even close to it really. Ryan Taylor and, and Ruben Amiris have been subs more often than not and, and Graham Hickary who I've seen a lot over the three years at Argyle and he's been brilliant for them even by his own admission he's not been on form this season so um, yeah they're, 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 they're playing very um, they're, they're playing nowhere near as well as they did during the second half of last season and they're going to have to try and uh, turn it around uh, sooner rather than later. Yeah, I mean, has it come as a bit of a shock to the system for the supporters after, like we say, that that good second and a half of the season last season? I mean, were they expecting more of the same at the start of this yeah, season? Yeah, I, I, I think like, they're like all fans. You know, they, they saw their team finish seventh last season. They were um, three points out of a playoff place, and I think they were all hoping they'd be able to take that next next step and and get into the playoffs. I think you know maybe if you're being realistic about it, I got overachieved last season. 
you know, were they, because they went on such an amazing run, you know, they they probably weren't quite as good as as the uh, the run of results they went on, but they they got confidence and they built on the momentum. Um, so maybe some people would have said, well, you know, maybe they overachieved a bit last season. Maybe mid table this season is a is a realistic target to aim for. Um, but clearly, no one no one was expecting them to be uh, bottom of the table uh, in mid September. Mm. And is Derek Adams coming under a little bit of pressure from from above? Uh, not from above. Um, he, he signed. Um, I mean, he's done a fantastic job at Argyle. Um, in his three seasons uh, at the club, they've finished fifth and second in League Two, and then seventh in League One last season, um, which included that sort of amazing revival in the second half last season. Um, he signed a new five-year contract uh, last summer, or in the summer. The summer just gone, uh, and also took on the title head of football as well as first team manager. He's head of football, which gives him a a sort of all-encompassing role, not just across the first team, but across the development squad, the academy. In fact, there's probably not much that gets um, done at Home Park in, in any aspect that he doesn't have some sort of uh, involvement in. So he's, um, you know, he's very highly regarded by the board. In the social media age that we live in, there are some fans that are getting a bit disgruntled, and, and, and you can understand it, can't you? You know, three points to make games is, is, is not great, but um, um, Derek Adams has got an awful lot of credit in the bank when it comes to his uh, reputation as a manager. So, um, so no, not under pressure at the moment, no. Yeah, so looking ahead to Saturday's game, I mean, who, who are the key men for our goal that Trump fans should be wary of? Well, I mean, it, it, before this season, Louis, I'd have, I'd have said Graham Carey, Ruben Lemires, and Ryan Taylor, but none of them have. Um, have hit the heights. Um, from an Argyle perspective, you're hoping that um, a game at the Valley, you know, good opposition, lovely stadium, you know, perfect place. Where better for one, both, or uh, three, all three of those players to kick into form? So, definitely from an Argyle point of view, they'll be hoping that, that those three players can can uh, to produce the goods. Um, you know, the leading goal scorers at the moment are uh, Freddie Ladapo, who used to be at Palace and. Uh, uh, was at South End last season and sort of a South London Essex sort of lad. And the other one is Ryan Edwards, um, a centre back. And I, I just give him a quick mention. Uh, I don't know if the Charlton fans would have seen or heard, but Ryan Edwards was diagnosed with testicular cancer uh, middle midway through last season. Um, and he has uh, had the treatment, come back, and is, is playing regularly at the start of this season and all within the space of the six months. And uh, everyone down here has been incredibly impressed by the way that he, one he dealt with the news and the, and the treatment and the fact that he, within you know a relatively short period of time he's come back, he's playing well at centre-back and he's also got a couple of goals from set-pieces. If Argyle get any set-pieces, uh, corners and free kicks, you know they'll be looking to try and exploit his height and uh, maybe he can uh, um, add a goal to his tally on Saturday. Yeah, that's, that's certainly an, an impressive story there. I mean, how do you see Derek Adams um, sort of attacking the game? Will he come to Charlton and, and you know try and go a bit defensive against a team that's in form, or will he come out and try and try and attack us? No, I think um, he would be. I'm, I'm guessing, but I'm pretty sure it's a safe guess that um, he'd be quite happy if it's nil nil at half time. Make sure Argyle are in the game. Uh, I can think back to the game at the Valley uh, back in the last season, and they were. What was it, 2-0 down in 10 minutes, wasn't it? Similar yeah, it was that, early though? doors, yeah. It was very early doors. He certainly won a, won a repeat of that. Um, so I, I would anticipate Argyle trying to be fairly tight and um, get through to half-time. Um, I'm sure they'd be happy if it's 0-0. And then as the game goes on, you know, when when it opens up a bit, as it inevitably will do, most games do, don't they? Um, that They might try and... Uh, you know, either catch um, Charlton on the break, or you know, if they get a set piece, try and try and work that. But um, with the start to the season they've had, I, I can't see them being too um, adventurous and attacking when they come up against, like you say, a, a team that look, looks as though it's in pretty decent form at the moment. Many thanks to Chris Errington from the Plymouth Herald there for letting us know how the Pilgrims have been getting on. Obviously, very difficult start to the season for them. Uh, no, no wins uh, at all. Although that was the same last season. Although it was early, it was very early. That, we were the second game, weren't they? But they, we were their only win in the first three months or so of the season. Now, if you think to the last time they came to the Valley, we were dangerously out of form. Uh, they were the informed team in the in the country. Lee Bayer's first game, and we smacked them about. So it'd be interesting to see if, with the roles reversed, uh, whether it'll be any different on Saturday. I hope not. Yeah, you certainly hope not. But I was just having a quick look through. They have played Portsmouth and Peterborough, but they've also played a lot of the teams that are down there with them as well. So uh, it's not like they've had to play, you know, all of the top six or anything like that. So 
Yeah, they haven't started well. I, I agree with him. I think they did punch slightly above their weight last year to, to get where they did, but they did go on a fantastic run. Um, although, obviously, we uh, got that got that win here last year with that, that quality page goal to set things off under Boya. And um, I, I think we're, we're obviously heavy favourites for the game, and rightly so. And we're on a good run. We're, we're up there in the league. Um, and I think we've probably got the, the better quality in the side as well. But at the same time, I don't think we should underestimate them because... Mm. Like you said, last season we went there and, and we saw what they could do. So mm, Yeah, they're uh, missing uh, three players, Noel Can- uh, Canavan, uh, Connor Grant and Jamie Ness all out injured for, for Saturday. I mean, do, do you think the fact that they had, this, they had this superb run, didn't they, after that first three or four months where they just turned it around, just flew towards the playoffs and they just tailed off, didn't they, right at the end of the season and dropped out. They lost their last couple, uh, which was uh, partly the reason we got in there as well, got there, got it there easily. Um, so do, do you think there's a case that they just had this great run and they've run out of steam now and they haven't been able to find that form again? Yeah, I think I think Chris said it. They, they were probably riding the crest of the wave at that point and, and they did that go on an insane run. And to be fair, I think when we played them for Bo's first game, I thought, I thought I think they, he caught Derek Adams out in terms of the way we were going to play because I think it was the first time we played without diamond formation. But I think it's going to be a different, difficult test this week, I think. Well, I think we struggle against teams that sit um, and we have to use our initiative to break them down. But we said earlier, I think we've got in a, a player like Josh now who can actually help us in those sort of games. But yeah, I mean, they probably did overachieve last year. But, you know, every game in this league is going to be difficult. But like we say, week in, week out, if we're going to be up there challenging the playoffs, these are what we've got to win. Yeah, because Chris said um, he expects that uh, Plymouth won't come out and make it easy for us by attacking. Now that's what Wickham did, didn't they? Really, they you know it took us a while to get to to get to grips with them last time. But when when Wickham came, they came out as an attacking force, and eventually we we were able to get in behind them. If you look at the Fleetwood game, they weren't so much, were they? They were more defensive, and we struggled. So it's it's just that different side of our game that we're going to need to do. And you know, we, we we played two different sides of our game last week away from home, where we had to do some defending. But this week it's going to be about trying to break down a team that's going to be quite happy to sit to sit behind the ball a bit. Yeah, and that's where we need our our tricky players, our clever players. So Cullen is going to be essential. You'd think someone like Ward, I'm assuming Fosu's still banned. Um, is this his last game of his ban, or has he got one more? Well, I've lost count now because yeah, he Bradford, had the checker trade. Uh, checker trade did that? That, that didn't, didn't count. count. So I think he's still got one after yeah. this. So yeah, Ward's no, gonna. Yeah, no, no, because he did the home game, away game. Oh yeah, yeah. So, yeah, this, so is this is the last one. one. So yeah, so he's obviously not here, but. We've got Ward, we've got Reeves, we've got Cullen. We've got a lot of quality in terms of people who can pick a pass. Um, I think the the difficulty is Taylor and, and Grant aren't going to have that space to run in behind that they've had in previous games. You'd imagine they're going to sit back, they're going to try and soak up some pressure. So it's about can we find those little cute passes through them to try and to try and finish off. Those crosses in, um, if we can get Taylor on the edge of the six-yard box, they're still going to be dangerous as well. As I said earlier, I think we've got the quality to get through them. It's just gonna we're gonna have to see a different side of Charlton. But I think in certain games this season we have shown we've got that side in us. So um, I'm still confident. Right, Chrissy T said would like would uh, just like to apologise in advance. Six of us spanning three generations breaking our self-imposed boycott on Saturday after the three wins on the spin first games of the season for us. Uh, and it would be so Charlton though, uh, wouldn't it, to let it slip up against bottom of the league. Uh, Steve Tanner said a temporary one game uh, for now, breaking of the self-imposed boycott though, to be fair. Hashtag uh, Roland out. Yeah, I remember, do you remember that game in the season we won the championship where we were, like won like 15 in a row and then lost at home to bottom of the league Swindon? <laughs> that was Dave Kiley's fault, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, hopefully it won't be a, a repeat of that. Right, let's have a look, uh, listen to what Lee Bayer has to say, uh, looking ahead to uh, the, the Plymouth game, uh, particularly about how badly Plymouth have started the season. Yeah, they have good players. I don't think they deserve to be where they are in the league. Um, I think they started bad last season as well. They was they was bottom last season, and then all of a sudden they're in fourth. So I don't think their squad's changed that much. Um, I know they've brought in a couple of players. The, the striker up top is strong, powerful lad. Holds the ball up well. Um, O'Keefe in, in the middle of the park, experienced player. Um, so they've, they've got dangerous players, Carey, Grant, Ramirez. So they, they've got players that can hurt you. Um, we have to respect them. They're going to come and, and they're going to try and win the game like every team does. So, so the most important thing is that we're ready and, and we go into the game 
knowing what we have to do to win and, and having the right attitude. So, Zlibo, uh, just briefly looking ahead to the to the game with Plymouth, I think you mentioned there the big striker up top in, in, Lada- in Ladapo uh, had, a, had one cleared off the line for us. I remember when he was playing for Oldham uh, when he was on loan from Palace. Um, so, he's not going to underestimate them. He says he thinks that their position could well be false. And it's still, it's still early days, isn't it? And you can have false, false positions after just seven or eight games, can't you? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, Lee probably doesn't take shape to about 10 to 12 or maybe 15. But... Yeah, I mean, look, like you said there, they were bottom last year and look where they ended up. Um, so anything can happen, anyone can beat anyone. Um, I just think you've just still got to treat every game. I know it sounds cliche, but you've just got to take each game as it comes and they're going to be a difficult test. Like you said, with Ladapo up front, he, you're going to be a bit different than playing against nifty little strikers. So, But I think we've got <clears throat> we're enough in our, in our armoury for sure, um, especially with our pace. Um, getting in the space behind them, I think we're, I'm confident, but it's going to be difficult. Is there, with the Charlton team, I mean, you think a lot of the positions sort of pick themselves now. I can't see a change in the goalkeeper at the moment. Um, so with the back four, it would make sense for Saad just to slip right in, but for us to play the four because we haven't really got the personnel to play the three. Yeah, that's what I would expect as well. Um, and I think if they're going to sit back, then... Again, that that gives us the chance to play that diamond with a couple of creative midfielders in there. So, um, yeah, I think that we haven't really got a lot of choice in how we set up. But as I say, I don't think that's the worst thing in the world anyway because I think that's probably how we would choose to set up anyway. As I say, there's not going to be a lot of space on the flank. So playing that that, uh, wing-back formation isn't necessarily going to work. So, yeah, I I can't see many other changes. Um, As I say, Cullen, I'd expect to start, although I know he's played a lot of football recently. Ward hopefully would start as well um, so yeah and obviously the, the two uh, Taylor and, and Grant up front so I, th- I th- would assume the only change would be uh, Sari and Fabel. I mean I mean, in, in the midfield last week then so we had Reeves, Cullen and Rebo and Ward I mean out of, out of Reeves and maybe a Rebo is there any room for manoeuvre there is there anyone else you'd rather bring in in those those positions I think Reeves has obviously played quite well since he's come back and Rebo keeps things ticking over quite nicely yeah, I don't know. I was thinking maybe his laps are going to get a go. I mean, because I know Reeves has only just come back and he played. He started Saturday, didn't he? Um, up at Bradford. So I don't know. It's interesting. I, don't, I think Bose isn't afraid to change things sometimes and doesn't really have a settled side too much. Um, he obviously got Derek Adams guessing um, when we played him last time. But I don't know. I've got a feeling he might he might put Lapsley in there for some reason. I don't know yeah. why. Just to freshen it up a little bit. Yeah. And uh, you mentioned there Jamie Ward, of course, he made his debut for, for, for the Addicts up at Bradford City last week, and he did pop up in, in, in some quite advanced areas uh, quite a few times. He, he picked up the ball in and around the edge of the penalty area. So particularly if, as, as we're expecting, Plymouth are going to try and make it difficult for us, him him bombing forward to join almost as a third striker at times, that could be quite important. And a home debut, a bit of experience as well, could be quite interesting how he gets on. Yeah, definitely, and that's what we need from him. Um, and similarly, the likes of Reeves or or a Rebo as well. We need players to, to join in, to get involved, because there's not going to be a lot of space around their area. So the more Charlton players we've got in there, dragging players out of position, moving the ball quickly, that's how we're going to break them down. Of course, we don't know. Plymouth might come out and actually attack us, in which case we'll go with the way we have been playing and use our counter-attacking and our pace. But as I said, and, and as we've said pretty much since the start of the season, we've got a squad that can do two or three different things now, and that's the exciting thing, because however Plymouth set up, I think we've got a side that's definitely capable of beating them. Because like we said earlier in the show, we saw it against Fleetwood where it was a side that decided that made it a bit more difficult for us and we didn't play well. Uh, we didn't break them down often enough. So what is it that, that Bose is going to try and make sure it's different from that game to this game? Um, well, I think, I think Tom said it there, you've got to move the ball quicker for starters. Um, if we're playing uh, four at the back, which it seems likely, you're going to need your full-backs to do quite a lot of overlapping as well. Yeah, Paige, Paige is expert at that. Yeah, Solly exactly. Like, Solly likes it as well, but Paige is brilliant at it. Yeah, exactly. And then, obviously, thinking back to Paige's crosses and you know his assist up at Accrington, he's, he's in his locker. So, I think we try and need to, obviously, be fast and be cute about it, but not go gung-ho, because they're obviously going to be looking for... I think they're going to try and slow the game down, and like Chris said, try and get any set pieces, niggly fouls. Um, just to try and slow it down. So I just think we need to keep our wits about about us and just try and, and move that ball quicker because I think a lot of games 
last season for sure we was quite slow in moving yeah. the ball from side to side and it's easier to defend against mm, and if you're looking for someone who could make an impact from the bench you've got Igor there who's, you know, looks alright when he came on at Bradford had a half decent turn and shot you know, Mark Marshall was on the bench last week he hasn't really quite hit the heights yet but he's always another option as well so there are options as well if it's not working for us and of course you know any team will be fearing coming up against Lyle Taylor and Carlin Grant at the moment Would they, I mean they're just on absolute flames yeah yeah you'd put you put a fair amount of money on one of them to to get on the score sheet, but as you say, he's uh, Bowyer's not turning around and thinking pants anymore. He's got he's got Lapsley there. He's got Reeves if he doesn't start. He's got Vettekele. He's got Marshall who, in the checker trade, it impressed a lot. If he can show that kind of form, then then he'll show what, you know the sort of player that we signed. So he's got options. He's got Albie Morgan. He, we, we've got a, a depth now and as I say and I think I said on Sunday it's not the biggest squad in the world but that 18-19 players they are all good quality now and we've got a lot of people coming through and, and it's exciting Right now if you put the uh, the Jacko's Jackpot yeah. bet out so we just missed out on a hat-trick unfortunately last uh, last week when uh, we had Charlton to win Taylor to score any time and both teams to score which I think was chosen by Lawrence Salter and we came mm. very close um, and not quite, unfortunately. But you put it out to public vote again. Have you have you got the options? Yeah, so, well, you've got eight options at the moment. So, <laughs> so these are two semi-finals and the winner from each will, I'll put out the final tomorrow because Skybet won't put the request a bet uh, until Saturday morning anyway. But you've got... Do you want to read for all oh, eight? Just, just tell us the ones that are winning at the moment. So right, the ones that are, well, the ones that are winning at the moment is Cholton 4-0, Taylor any time and Cholton win 3-1. But there are some other ones on there, so yeah. there's some good ones that have been picked in. Like, all right, so look out for Nathan's yeah. uh, Nathan's Twitter, and you can vote which one, which way we should go with the Jackos Jackpot. Right, let's have your predictions for the games, Tom. Three one Charlton. Three one Charlton. <laughs> Lovely stuff, Nathan. One nil. One nil to Charlton. No one's <laughs> living, uh, the, living the dream. Yeah, well, I'll take I it. I think it's be a lot tighter than we think it is. I'll take a one nil win any day of the week. Right, this has been Charlton Live, the big match preview. Just about run out of time here on the Maritime Radio. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back on Sunday evening, of course, to look back at whatever happens uh, on Saturday here at the Valley against Derek Adams, Plymouth side. Tom, thanks for coming in. Cheers, Luke. Nathan, thanks for coming in. Much love. I've been Louis Mendes. This has been Charlton Live, the big match preview. Thanks for listening and getting involved. We'll see you again here on Sunday evening. Charlton.